Hey, what's up, y'all? Welcome back to the show. Uh, today, I'm talking with my inversion homie, uh, a beautiful sister of mine, Miss Brett Parker. Uh, I love Brett's story. She's one of the most creative teachers uh, I've, I've taken a class from. And, uh, and her story about how she uh, started to uh, kind of hone in her inversion practice by going to circus school is, uh, is one of my favorites just to hear all over and over again. So uh, we're going to talk about a lot of cool stuff, um, how she got into teaching and what her teaching path and her and teaching style is like. So uh, I hope you enjoy the conversation. We'll see you on the other side. Hey, what's up, y'all? Welcome back to the show. Uh, today, sitting across from me is uh, one of my dearest friends that I have not really seen in a long time because of COVID times. Um, fucking Brett Parker, man. Love the shit out of you, girl. Mm. Um, so Brett, Brett and I have known each other for a number of years, and uh, we I think we started teaching around the same time. You might have started teaching just a little bit before me. No? Oh, no. no? You were teaching oh. well before me. Oh, okay. Like right a on. year or two. I remember hearing about Adam. Oh, shit. Adam, yeah. Okay. I believe you were called, or, or I heard you referred to the magical uh, yoga unicorn, and I'm not oh. kidding. Wow, I should get that tattooed on me <laughs> I somewhere. I think you were teaching over in, were you at Spark for a while? I was at Spark for a while, for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, yes, you were the unicorn okay. class man. That makes sense. That That uh, is a moniker that I yeah. I could see that, that studio <laughs> giving me. Oh, <laughs> uh, wow. Okay, good to know. All right. But uh, but we uh, we linked up on a couple workshops back in the day uh, before COVID, and we were doing inversion workshops at Bliss and Arm Balance stuff, and then uh, you were doing some level two stuff at B one. Uh, just I mean, God, you're such a talented teacher. Like I love the the journey that you've had and the creativeness that you bring. Uh, I remember practicing next to you in Zach's class for a long time before I actually really met you, <clears throat> and I was like, who in the hell is this woman back there doing all these fucking handstands? Like, what is this going on? And uh, and then finally I got to meet you and I'm like oh I just love this woman so much she was yeah the best. well yeah. I would say the same to you uh, but I was doing it from the back row like who is this man oh that's the unicorn Adam the unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> so you've uh, you've had a very very unique path in your yoga career in your teaching in your inversions that you do uh, just like the the path that you've taken has been very unique and uh, and I think that's one of the things that's drawn me to you. Um, so how did you, uh, what, what, what got you started in your teaching and your teaching path? Oh, in my teaching, um, I would say I actually went to a training. I first went to a, um, Baptiste level one training, okay. um, just to kind of strengthen my practice. It mm. wasn't anything about teaching, um, but the people that I was taking classes from uh, really inspired me. I remember going to my first vinyasa class, not knowing. So I had guess I'd been doing like hatha classes before, right? Okay. And then I went to a vinyasa class, and there was music, mm. and it was ACDC. ACDC. All right, all right, yeah. <laughs> and there were people that were like doing these arm balance things and things like that, and I was like, I saw somebody like do a chin stand or something like that. And I literally was like, what is this? This is amazing. <laughs> like, you are my people. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, and so from that kind of knowing that I had it, like learning more about um, the difference between Hatha mm. and Vinyasa and being like, oh, okay, these are the classes that I'm more drawn to. Yeah. Um, and so I was going, like being intentional intentional about the way that I was practicing. 
Um, and then going to, like I said, the, <clears throat> excuse me, Baptiste level one training yeah. and, um, learning like that there are set, what's the word I'm looking for? Like standardized? Standard, yeah, standardized. Like yeah. it's, you know, set, um, sequencing. So sequencing, sequencing yeah. of postures right. and being like, oh, okay. I didn't realize that that's what we were doing. Like even when I was practicing, it just wasn't, yeah. you know? Um, well, and that's a big thing with Baptiste too, is that there, there's Baptiste one flow, Baptiste two, and yeah. there's like specific ways to do it. And you should not deviate because of whatever reason. Right. Mm-hmm. If I'm not mistaken with Baptiste. Right. Yeah. There was very, um, little liberties, you know, right. but I do always remember <laughs> being like in these classes and being like, Hey, like when I was going through my training, you did not do that right. Right. <laughs> you did not follow the sequencing. <laughs> uh, there's supposed to be a triangle in there somewhere right. that you've totally left out. Hello, you did not ground before you went. <laughs> um, so uh, I think there are liberties in that. Yeah. Um, and I do think that that, um, you know, having the set sequencing is is valuable Mm -hmm. for like new students definitely because it allows you to um you know find wins if that's what you're going for Mm -hmm. you know it's really isn't about like we hear that all the time it's not about the you know getting the posture or there's no perfect posture and yeah right um but when we when we first step into yoga, we don't have that mentality. You know, we're still competitive. Like we've probably done other sports or other weightlifting or other cardio where you got to run and beat somebody or lift more than the other person next to you. Mm-hmm. You know, so that mentality coming into yoga, <clears throat> excuse me, is is different. It's not like, what can I do that's better than you? It's like, what can I do within my body's ability? Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And um, also, like, I didn't realize too, like the first like yoga class that I did. <laughs> <laughs> like the whole chaturanga. Ah. It took me probably about 10, you know, flow throughs or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I think I might have been taking Jenny Tracy's class. So it was probably like 25 chaturangas. Within the first 10 minutes. Within probably. the first, yeah, yeah 10 yep. minutes. Yeah. Um, and going, oh, this is a thing. Okay. All right. So I go halfway down, upward facing that. Okay. All right. Yep. I'm here. Thanks. Got you it. know. Yep. Um. So did that, and um, actually my mentor at that time was uh, Jenny Tracy. She Mm -hmm. was one of the instructors who inspired me to go and, um, you know, become a teacher because I loved the intensity, the encouragement, um, how it was challenging. Mm -hmm. Most definitely. Yeah, and so when I came back, she was like, you're going to teach. Yep, totally. (laughs) Sounds like her. Big, you know, big shout out to Jenny Tracy too. She's a phenomenal human being, amazing teacher, just fucking a little ball of fire. Yeah, no, a big ball of fire. Big ball of fire in a little little package. Yeah, good lord, (laughs) love talking with that woman. She's great. Yeah, she's amazing. Um, and so yeah, after coming back and her being like, okay, we're gonna do this, we were teaching like doing team trainings, Mm -hmm. which was really fun. We were doing like high school um, teams. Yeah. And what was so great about that is she just kind of met me where I was at. Like, what do you, what do you want to do? Mm. You know, do you want to teach this part? Do you want to teach that part? But we wanted to really open up um, these young athletes' minds to that yoga isn't what you think it looks like. Right. We would tell them this ain't your mama's yoga. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. Although I think she would like it too. <laughs> 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I, I worked with a, a couple uh, um, high school groups uh, when I was working with Spark. Um, there was some um, uh, boys baseball teams and boys soccer teams that I worked with. And uh, that was super fulfilling, mm-hmm. you know, and it was so... Man, I forget how tight I used to be as a child, man. And these kids that come in, and I use the word kids, they're under 18. Um, they would be in like a, a wind removing pose, let's say, on your back, right knee into the chest, right, mm-hmm. and left leg long. It was like a teeter-totter. Like as soon as that knee would come into the chest, that left leg would pop up, yeah. but their shoulders would be down. And then I'd go over and try to push their left leg down, and their shoulders would <laughs> pop up. And I'm just like, oh my God, you, you're, I, you are so the, the hip flexors and IT bands are just so tight because all they do is run, 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 kick, yep. kick, kick, work that area, but not release it. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it was beautiful to be able to work with them to find, give them uh, a success and and show them yeah like what you said like not your mama's yoga i didn't use that term but it's basically what it is mm-hmm. you know it's like it's like if i just thought that cindy uh, cindy crawford's workout was all of exercise like my mom used to do back yeah. in the day mm-hmm. like that was what it is you know i wear a unitard and i do leg kicks and i try to like you know wear leg warmers and i shit. would pay money to see that <laughs> you know <laughs> although uh, i think you may have worn that before <laughs> i think i have actually i've, I've gone to an 80s class before where i was dressed up and i my hair was teased i was put like into a, a like a cut off def leopard shirt and probably some spandex in there too was that marianne and i's uh gloga (laughs) it was a glow (laughs) class it was a glow class if i don't know if it was marianne involved i think it was at b1 but god that was uh yeah i was just like i was just like okay yes i'm just like a doll for my child again i'm just dress me up yep totally (laughs) i'm I'm gonna go in uh love that so um, we did that for a little bit yeah. and then started becoming, actually, that was a great segue into this, becoming, doing a little bit more of that. And then Marianne mm. was opening up Bliss yeah. and she reached out to me about teaching. And I remember looking at the message and I was laying in bed next to my husband mm. and uh, I was like, Marianne, just ask me about teaching. I think I want to vomit. and he was like say yes do it now and i was like okay and i think i told her i'm gonna vomit but yes (laughs) (laughs) but like having that nervousness and just knowing that um yeah the only way to get through it is to get through it is to get through it yeah definitely and so teaching out there and then after that um knowing that i needed more um in-depth training as far as like yoga so that I went um and I because of inversions and my love for inversions I had um been following and going to like inversion trainings with Steph Gongora and okay. Aaron Kelly okay and they're through um authentic movements they've got their own I, I love authentic yoga movements print. oh my they're gosh. so great it's a I follow them on Instagram and they're I just amazing love them. yeah and so went and you know, signed up for this year-long training at the Flow Retreat in Costa mm. Rica, and it was a 200-hour, and it was an immersion of amazingness. They had Steph, Aaron, and then Bianca Scalise was added into the Authentic Movements team. Yeah. And um, uh, my mind was blown because they do so much and really try to um, – allow you the create creativity they're really big on i'm sure as you know like creative sequencing and right like animal flows and stuff like that yeah <clears throat> yeah and like whatever feels good in your body like you know like i always love 
one thing that Steph would say would be like, um, you know, thinking about cues for um, yoga postures, right? Mm -hmm. Like um, you'll hear people say like, you know, if you're doing pyramid or something like that, think of like being between two Two pieces of glass. Totally. Right. Right. That's a very common. What's the purpose of why you're doing this posture? Right. Right. Like Mm -hmm. that may not be the cue for the purpose of your posture. Right. You know, so being mindful of things like that and really thinking about what is your purpose of the sequencing Mm. of the class, you know, and um, really delving into like breath work, um, Mm -hmm. you know, not delve, not like deep dives, but learning more about it. And um, also like guided meditations and things Mm. like that, like Bianca did this class where she did like the Wim Hof breathing. Oh yeah. Yeah, totally. And that was such an incredible experience. And so, um, going through those times and we all had to teach a class at the end Mm -hmm. and everybody's class was so amazingly different. Yeah. It was like, yeah, they clearly did their job because it was unique and it was creative and it was, uh, it was beautiful. So, um, did that, came back, mm. you know, and all the while was also practicing through at Commune because they, you know, I came to be that um, they had a handstand class that yeah. Patrick would teach on Mondays. And so I was going there and trying to recruit pretty much everybody. You should got to come to this class. You got to come to this class. I know you tried to get me to go a couple of times. I, did. <laughs> I ended up doing it online a few times during COVID times. because I was amazing. Oh my God. I was so burnt and just like fucking just worked in ways yes, I've never been worked before. Right. Oh my God. I was hating him and loving him at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like trying to take mental notes. And I'm like, dude, this is like a link they sent you. You can watch it later. Just I be know. in the class. <laughs> yeah. Like be in it. But like, you're like, uh, this is so good. Yeah, loved it. Um, so did, I did training through, um, them and what I loved too is, um, their awakening sun series. Beautiful series. Yeah. That active so, squad is very nice. I, I use that in different, I don't use it in a, in an awakening series like they do. Um, but like in a big, like I'll, I'm doing like these, um, airplane hurdler to one legged Tadasana. So you're like big hip opener, yeah. knee to the right and come around and so we'll do those a couple times, but then to reactivate the hips, I'll do the active squat to get the engagement back into your hips after mm-hmm. we do all that opening. And so I just love those little things, you know, and that's what I, I really appreciate about Patrick Beach's style is that there's so many nuances to what he does that are just so mechanically beautiful to the body. And they fit in so many different ways, too. If you can understand, like, once you got a good understanding of body mechanics and mm-hmm. your teaching styles, like, those little things, those little bitty things just inspire me so much. It's mm-hmm. like, you just give me one little nugget, and I'll create an entire class around it. And it's just so oh, beautiful. Yeah. I love that stuff. And that's the kind of thing, too, <clears throat> like, uh, like taking, like, Carling's house, uh, Carling's house, <laughs> taking Carling's class she is similar to that, which is she obviously teaches, um, you know, with Patrick. Yeah. Um, they've got Harvey June as their baby. Yeah. Um, oh, that's a beautiful little child. Yeah, she's the most adorable thing ever. Um, but uh, the way that she teaches, too, I would just be blown away by, like, these little um, cues that she would give. And back in the day when you could, like, do assist, that mm-hmm. type of thing, like, yeah. really start allowing you to activate a certain part of the body, you know, it, um, yeah. I love those things, but yeah. my whole point in all of this was like, like 
with the Awakening Sun series, like, you know, people think about chaturangas, right? Like, mm-hmm. and you put your knees down halfway up. I love how you go into, like, um, you extend out into high plank, right? And mm-hmm. do one or two push-ups, whatever. Maybe you don't do any push-ups. Right. I love, like, do zero to nine, zero to five push-ups, yeah. right? And then come down on your knees, come onto your forearms, and then it just is like a gliding. It is like literally so much more of a flow to me right. than the traditional, you know, high plank, you know, lower halfway down, upward facing dog, which that is great and beautiful, mm-hmm. but I have a shoulder issue. Right. And so being able to change it and do that made me feel more um, like I was continuing to flow and, you know, it felt better on my body. Yeah. Not just like statically moving through three or four different poses. Mm-hmm. There's like a fluidity to it. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So those are kind of my big, um, <clears throat> teachers that I draw from, yeah. you know, or I guess my path to, mm-hmm. and then as far as like inversions, when I started becoming, more interested in inversions and seeing like oh like you this is a thing you can actually work in into your practice and like very fluidly too and in a in a strong way yeah yeah yeah. yeah. like your practice is your own and so like if i'm going through a flow and i might take a child's pose because i've been you know hopping to the top of the mat and i'm working on lowering down Mm -hmm. you know and so by the time we get to the third son B or whatever, I'm tired so I can go into child's pose. Like anytime you can go into child's pose, obviously. Um, but so I was working on inversions, realizing these were things that you could do, looking things up online, right. literally found, you know, the handstand book from Steph and Aaron. So was doing that at home. Nice. Um, there was also another, um, instructor, uh, Brian Aganad, he's got mm. like, uh, he does handstand inversion type, um, trainings as well. Okay. Um, does like one-on-one coaching. So, um, was looking at information from him, but trying to find things like locally besides like handstand workshops. Right. I was doing those. Yep. I was going to pretty much any I mean, what I would call myself would probably, I probably wouldn't be able to be, wouldn't be good to say on here. <laughs> I was a workshop. Bleep. Yep. All right. All right. Hey. Um, going to everything because I had this like thirst for knowledge. For knowledge. Yeah, I wanted yeah. more of it. I wanted to do it more. I wanted to, it just, it really reminded me of like childhood feelings of like playing outside, mm-hmm. you know, like balancing on fences which sounds silly but like you know it just that's such a fun feeling right and it's not something we get to reconnect to often as adults so i loved that and wanted more of it so i did find circus school i love this is my favorite part of your (laughs) your origin story is your circus school stuff god damn (laughs) Uh, there is a circus school in yeah. Seattle. Who knew? Yeah. You, you <laughs> Who found knew? it. Yeah. yeah. Where there's a will, there's a way. Right. Um, yeah. It's the uh, Senka School for Acrobatic. Oh, I can't remember the whole, what it means yeah. right, in circus arts. Um, but they had a hand <clears throat> balancing like 101 class and yeah. they actually have other levels too. And so, 
um, I went there and gosh, the facility is really amazing and beautiful too. Like they've got the ribbons that come down mm, from the ceiling. Oh, cool. They've got clown, you know, people that obviously they're not in their costumes. Yeah. Although actually sometimes they were, um, working on juggling and then the big ring that goes flying around, wow. you know? Yeah. Um, so you're in this corner with your instructor and actually, we didn't really do any handstands initially, which isn't that the ironic thing. Right, yeah. <laughs> like if you're building toward handstands, it's not necessarily getting upside down, right? Mm-hmm. It's building these other parts of the body. All the ancillary these... muscles. and Yeah. 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 And so uh, they had like a six-week series, and it was so different than what I had been learning over in, um, you know, uh, the yoga studios workshops. Yeah. Um, so just trying to kind of like cool, like collaborate with those two things, get them together. Um, I was like, gosh, this was really beneficial to me. It was like something that was not being taught. So I was like, I know I love doing this. Uh, I had people just in practices asking me after class, you know, about how they can do it, things that they can do. And so, um, I was like, let's create like a four-week inversion strength training kind of series, right? Yeah. Like kind of meld the two together, which made sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and keep the class sizes really small because I think, <clears throat> number one, you have to have people feel safe. Right. And um, so for me, being new at teaching these, um, I felt like I needed to keep them really small to be able to do like hands, hands-on help and really focus in on, you know, what, um, on each individual. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of broad brush stroke, like, Hey, this is what everybody should do. It's like, Hey, no, your body's built this way. Let's do this for you. You're built this way. Mm-hmm. Let's do this for you. Yeah. yeah and I then just that. doing the strength training because mm-hmm. like, and explaining that to them, like, yeah, we're going to get upside down. Um, you're not going to be able to, you know, do it not necessarily maybe you will some you know but the reality is it takes a lot of time intention and work mm-hmm. to be able to you know do an inversion yeah um well some inversions if you're looking for handstands most of them were you know working towards like handstand mm-hmm. um but you know like when we started collaborating it was like we had you know you had headstand you had exactly. forearm stand definitely um and then handstand and all of those things are different, but coming up with the idea of homework for them too. Right. Yeah. That was a big one. Yeah. Because consistency <laughs> yeah, exactly. is the key, right? Uh-huh. And then making them, you know, uh, having, not making them, <laughs> sounds like you're going to do this, <laughs> but like having part of the program be that here's your homework for this yeah. week, you know, send me a video. Uh-huh of you doing your homework, you know, let me see that you're doing it so that, you know, there's always some accountability. Like if I know that I told Adam Mm -hmm. that I'm going to, you know, do this, uh, if I am going to send a video, I'm going to do it. Right. Uh I'm going to make sure I do it. Yep. And you can always tell too, the progress, right? Yeah. Oh, most definitely. The consistency. You could the tell people... who was doing their homework and yeah. Yeah. And that they're working <clears throat> towards it. And gosh, what an amazing honor to be a part of that. Yeah. Like it's so cool to see people 
have a desire to experience something, right? Mm-hmm. And but they need your help yeah. to get over to that side. Yeah. And you can be the ambassador, you know, of that. And, yeah. and that was just uh I don't know. I'm a pretty animated person. Yeah. And you so are. like in a beautiful way. It'd be like, yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I do. I remember when you brought the when you brought the inversion workshop to Bliss. I don't remember if it was when we were doing it together or if you were still doing it um, with somebody else or by yourself. But uh, I would I would go in to teach on Thursdays, and uh, and people like Sharice or Nick and Sarah would be you know coming into class with their blocks or like what like what you guys up to? We're like we're doing our homework, <laughs> fucking L sits, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, Brett got you good, but good for you for doing your homework, you know, and yeah. you're involving other people. It's like there were three people within that you know just one class that were doing their homework together, yeah, you know, because misery loves company, you yeah. know, and nobody wants to do an L sit by themselves. No, <laughs> community L sits are better than solos. Oh man, yes, yes. But here's speaking to you, though, in that, like, in that frame of reference right there, like, you knew these students, because I remember them telling me this, Mm. you knew that they were working on these things, and you would incorporate things for them in your class, which I think is um, just amazing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and I I think, thank you for that. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I I love being at a point in my teaching career, finally, where I'm comfortable enough to be able to make those audibles and to say, oh, this is what you're working on. Let's incorporate that into class. Because I remember there was actually my my trainer, Danielle, uh, back in the day before we before we worked together and before I was a yoga instructor. Um, I was taking a Hatha class over at HYI Kirkland. That's that's the studio I cut my teeth on. I fucking love that studio. I miss it to death. It was so beautiful little hole in the wall, you know, no, no real changing or restroom facilities. I can't tell you how many times I got walked in on in the bath or in the, in the changing facility that somebody thinking it was the women's and it was like, I oh, know there's three naked men yeah. in this closet right here. You're welcome. Yeah. Like a two by two closet. We're all trying not to just bump asses and shit, you know? And, uh, but, uh, uh, <laughs> and ew. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but HYI Kirkland, oh, where was I going? Where, where did I get on that story from? Just in uh, being able to call audibles. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, and I remember, uh, uh, being able to teach there or being, being taking there. Right. And so I walk in and Danielle said, Hey, uh, what are you working on today? And I'm like, Oh, you know what? I actually started working on side crow and I'm, I'm really excited about it, you know? So yeah, that's what I'm working on. And this is a Hatha class. There's no side crows in Hatha class. There's, you know, you have your three part chair. Think of, there's no crying in baseball. Exactly. There's no side crows in <laughs> Hatha class. Side crows in Hatha class. And, uh, and so, yeah, I'm not expecting anything. No, no attention for that. And, uh, and I get in there and we go through our class and, and we get started and we do the three part awkward chair, you know, separate feet, lift the heels and then knees together. And then second part in this area of the Northwest, we traditionally do like a, a vinyasa chair, you know, for, for a second set of Hatha chair. And, uh, and Danielle said, oh, you know what? We have some students in here working on side crow. So why don't we take the, when we take this twist options for side crow and I'm like, oh, side crow in a Hatha class. What, what is this? <laughs> And it gave me an option and it gave me an opportunity. And it just, I will never forget that feeling that, that, that gave me for having a teacher saying, this is what you're working on. Guess what? We're going to fucking throw it in there, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so now again, being able to, to do that with my students is great because like everybody's working on something cool. Mm-hmm. And if you can flush out of them what they're working on and then being able to incorporate it, incorporate that into your class, that stimulates so much excitement in that person to have a real time opportunity to challenge themselves in the thing that they're working on. Yeah. That that could be a thing that drives them forward to continue to work on the thing that they're working on, you know? So I, I, I 
love being able to do that. Yeah. Well, you uh, are very, you're very good at that. Ah, well, thank you very yeah. much. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And your music is on point. Oh, speaking of you, <laughs> like, come on. Uh, Eri- I remember being in class and you had Erica Badu and I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Oh, <laughs> I yeah. needed that. God, I love a good playlist in a, in a, in a, in a, in a vinyasa class. Yeah. God, man, I love that stuff. Uh, with, uh, with, do you mind if we backtrack a little bit yeah, on your, yeah. in your story? Uh, where, uh, so I think I can probably piece together why you changed from Baptiste, but why did you choose to go from a Baptiste style training, which is like we said, very structured and very like, this is what you do, mm-hmm. um, to, uh, authentic movements, which is pretty much the antithesis of Baptiste. Yeah, totally. Um, I, I think it was kind of an evolution, right? Like I said, um, I think there's value in having a set, you know, um, sequencing of mm-hmm. postures for new um, new students yeah. because it allows them to become comfortable, you know, get to know some of the postures more. Right. Um, I personally felt after I left the Baptiste, um, mm, I'm trying to think here. So how to word this without, um, I guess my eyes started opening up. Um, I didn't feel like when I went there and when I went there, I, I thought that I was going to learn more about like yoga, you know, about like, um, the eight limbs, like philosophy style. Yeah. Yeah, Philosophy. Yes. But also like anatomy, that kind of Mm, thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and didn't realize, I mean, my intention to go there was to strengthen my practice, but I had hoped to learn some more of those other things while I was there. Mm-hmm. And when I came back and I was like, I really just memorized like these sequences, right? Yeah. you know, and cues for, you know, specific the, sequ- yeah, 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 like they actually had specific cues for those specific postures. Like here's your dialogue, memorize this dialogue. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, wow, okay. All right. But then kind of starting to practice more and seeing, um, other studios. I love to, to go to different studios. Like I would actively seek out just different studios to go and try different, you know, teachers Mm and, um, so that opened my mind up to different flows, different things. And because when I signed up for um, the authentic movements, um, I knew that there was going to be a lot of inversion information and training in there. Mm. I mean, yes, it's a 200-hour yoga, yoga teacher training, but they have a very clear and strong inversion practice, right? Yeah. Um, so going to that, I don't think I went in there specifically knowing that this was, you know, what I wanted to expand over here to this creative sequencing, but they really opened up my eyes while I was there to the value of that. Yeah. And then also practicing over at commune, it was like, um, seeing this whole variation of like a sun series and how much better it felt in my body, yeah. but then also very thoughtful and intentional sequencing and postures mm-hmm. for 
the handstand class. Like, yeah. this is why we're doing this. What is your reason for this class, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes for me, the reason for a class is creating a moment, you know, um, for a feeling. Yeah. You know, like I want to be like, I want to first like have people come into my class and instead of going like right into the class, which is actually what I felt like I would experience a lot with like, um, you know, the journey into power sequence, Mm -hmm. like you go into child's pose and, you know, um, you pretty much actively go right into the class. Right. Um, I found weirdly for me that I needed to have some breathing and I found this from going to other classes, other studios, um, to like sit down and like actually go through some breathing Hmm. and center yourself. And then, you know, like at some point we've got to stop and, you know, give the offering to set an intention. Yes. Not everybody does that. And Mm. that's not wrong. But for me, I realized that was really important to me and that when people came into the class, they have to settle down because we're coming in with everything, right? Coming in hot. We're coming in hot, like traffic. We're Mm -hmm. coming in with, you know, maybe arguments. We're coming in with sadness, stress, like, Let's get out of that for a second. Yeah. And really breathing does that. Like yeah. if you tell somebody to focus on their breath and, you know, I'm going to give you, you know, take a deep breath in, fill up, 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 up. They are thinking about that. When they are actively doing that, yeah. you're not thinking about anything else, right? Yeah. So doing that first and then going into the class and stopping for a second and setting the intention. And then at the end, I love doing like a bring it back around, Mm. you know, like whether that's walking you through, like relaxing your body, you know, like, you know, soften your belly, like going piece by piece, you know, release your toes. Yeah. Let your ankles fall Like Nidra style almost. Kind. yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Like, and then giving like a message, you know, at first I think I didn't have enough confidence in, um, in my own voice and message, mm. but I wanted people to have a message at the end of the class. So I would go through like these videos or whatever to find something like I would like Google what I wanted the, my message to be uh-huh. and then search videos, little snippets, like one or two minutes that had the message, something around the message right, that yeah. I wanted and play those. Cool. Yeah. I love that. Um, but it's great, but it's not your, your voice, right? Yeah, right. Okay. Like, yeah. And, and it, you know, it was a wonderful gift. Um, I, it was the first time I ever taught at B1. And so there were students there that knew me from practicing. And, um, one of the feedback um, things that I had gotten after, you know, they've got the little, um, feedback box or whatever in each of the restrooms, Mm -hmm. um, was that, um, they really enjoyed the class. Um, but they would have loved to hear the message at the end coming from me. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. What a great way to provide feedback too. Right. Um, and so that made me go, (laughs) you know what? You're right. Like, and here's the thing, like you don't have to, some people just go off the cuff and I 
totally get that. Right. And I wish I could form my words in a way um, where I could right off the bat just do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I need to like write them down, you know, and understanding that there's nothing wrong with that. Like yeah. if I, if, you know, somebody's in Shavasana and I am looking um, at my phone with the message that I wrote for them, there's nothing wrong with Not that. Not at all. Not yeah. At all. Yeah. Um, but I think that that is so powerful to speak life, love, positivity, mm-hmm. light, like all it, speak something like that into our students mm-hmm. before they leave. Right. I feel like from that is, you know, it's, it creates a moment for them within and that they can then go out and, you know, they've received something themselves besides just, you know, working through the yeah. physical asana, which is also amazing. Right. You know, I think, uh, you know, uh, there's uh, there's a group of scientists in University of Michigan that have actually been studying Wim Hof lately. And mm-hmm. I, there's, a, there's a bunch of people studying Wim Hof because of what he does and the breath <sighs> techniques and stuff. And and what they're, what they're finding out now is that uh, with this University of Michigan study is that uh, through breath work, we can upregulate and downregulate DMT in our, in our, in our uh, endogenous DMT in our system. Um, and, uh, you know, so through that, what we're understanding about psycho psychedelics and what I guess they're called entheogens now used in a more responsible way, not just take a face full of mushrooms and look at the carpet for an hour. It's like, <laughs> let's use these therapeutically like Johns Hopkins. And like, there's all these reputable places that are doing research with yeah, entheogens yeah, yeah. now. And, uh, and so what they're realizing with, uh, psilocybin, DMT, things like that is it, it increases the neuroplasticity of our brain, which we know is, gives us the ability to absorb information in a different way, very easier, uh, things like that. Also, uh, you know, with the therapeutic side of it, it allows us to bring up bad experiences that we've had, um, and re, uh, reestablish the emotion around it. Right. So it doesn't have to be a negative experience anymore because you've learned what you've learned from it. Now you can recall that memory on a, in a, in a uh, psychedelic experience and, and be therapeutically, um, drawn into rewiring that memory into more mm-hmm. of a, a positive remembrance of the lesson from that memory instead of the, the traumatic experience of, right. Um, so with all that, that they're finding now, opportunities, uh, like you just said, where at the end of a yoga class where we've breathed very intentionally for an hour, we've moved very intentionally for an hour, we've upregulated serotonin, oxytocin, DMT in our bodies in a very purposeful way. It leaves us cracked wide open at the end of that experience to absorb that information and that feeling a little bit deeper. So those messages delivered in a beautiful way at the end of a yoga class our brain and our bodies are just so cracked open to receive that information in a beautiful, pure way. You know, so having those opportunities to share that message and to share that thing that you're trying to get across and to, you know, plant those seeds of beauty and love and acceptance and, and you know, cherishing and all that stuff, it's, that's the perfect spot to do it. And yeah. it's not like we're brainwashing anybody, you know, not like, oh, they're, they're at our will right. now. Yes. <laughs> yes. Excellent. Yes. Here's all the plans. Be peaceful. Be, you know, no, it's like, you know, they, you know, here's some, here's some things to think about while you're in your final Shavasana, yeah. you know, and it's, I love that, you know, it's, it's those little, those little moments to chew on. You know? Yeah. Well, and you know, things like, you know, sing along Shavasana, oh. like what is better than that? Like it, that is such a feeling mm-hmm. of community and, togetherness you know it's just um it's beautiful yeah yeah it's a beautiful moment and i think that you can also use music because you know i love music and Mm -hmm. i love um 
kind of collaborating, not collaborating, like coordinating music with like the sequences mm-hmm. that you come up with, you know, the class that you come up with, I think. Um, I don't know. There's something about like, you know, uh, I think of like Thunderstruck during abs, right? Like right. that's the obvious, like, I love that, right? Yep, Thunder, totally. Thunderstruck. Uh-huh. Um, you know, something about um, a good Erica Badu when you're down on the floor, mm-hmm. you know, like yep. doing supine twists. Yeah. Like just like, it, it. I guess for me, it all, it can feel weird if I take a class and like we're doing pigeon or something like that and there's like some high upbeat class. Like my brain doesn't, rec- like that doesn't make sense to me, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, but again, respect because everybody teaches everything differently. Definitely. definitely. Um, but I notice those things mm-hmm. in myself when I'm taking classes, how I feel about that. And so when I come with a playlist or whatever for a class, like I think about those things and, yeah. you know, and also what message was I, you know, trying to bring to the class today? Like, does this song whether it be the beat mm-hmm. and or the lyrics, you know, because sometimes it's not the lyrics that make sense to me for that. Yeah. It's the beat. Totally. Um, but sometimes it, it is the lyrics and I try to, you know, like coordinate like maybe a certain posture where it comes to the heightened part of it. Right. You know, and we're like, did you mean to do that? damn straight i did yeah 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 like i wouldn't say that but you know like uh-huh. yes like i'm glad it landed how it did you know and and when i first was trying to like figure out when i was teaching multiple classes like where um i can just do like one playlist is what i thought yeah. i can do a, a playlist and i'll take that <laughs> playlist and i'll use it for the entire week right, right. like yeah. whatever classes <clears throat> sadly for whatever reason I am not able to do that. Like right. music is very connected. I am very connected with the way that I feel. Mm-hmm. Even on a date, like I went to go teach a class on a Sunday, did a playlist and tried to use the class on a Wednesday and it did not feel right to me mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. And I was like, dang it. Yep. It takes me so long to do <laughs> this playlist. And then it takes me so long to do that, you know, like uh-huh. I can't the class with it. I know I find myself tinkering with a playlist like a fucking fantasy football guy, right? Yeah. Like it's like, stop tinkering with your lineup. Yes. Why did you just change that song? It just ruined every other song around it. God damn it. You don't need run the jewels right there, right? Yeah. What the hell? Put Rage Against the Machine back in there. You know? And then it. really, it's not about the music no, though. Not it's not. Yeah. And both of us know that. Yeah, totally. Both of us know that. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, it really isn't about the music. You should be able to do a yoga class and not have the music uh-huh. at all. But I feel like it does accentuate it. And I do feel like um, people enjoy that, yeah, you know? definitely. Yeah, and I, I'm right there with you. I, I And I don't want to over-dramatize the, this, but the way that I look at uh, playlists for classes that I, that I teach are, it's almost like scoring a movie. Right. Where you have these peaks and valleys and you want everything to flow together and just like it just I, I just feel like I'm like when I'm going it over the flow in my head and listening to the, the, the playlist, 
because I'll do that, you know, methodically before classes. It, it really is it's like, okay, like it's like a horror movie. It's like you open the door and you get the scream and it's like, once you go into Chaturanga and you come up, there's like this big uproar, you yeah. know, and it's like, there's, you know, these things that we try to, and again, we don't need to do that, right? We're at a point in our practice and our teaching practice to where we can focus on that minutia of the detail, but it's not necessary, but it's fun when you get to the point where you can, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, uh, but I, I love, love making playlists for classes and i'm right there with you like i'll I'll, i think we talked about this downstairs is like i have a sunday vinyasa class at one studio and a thursday vinyasa class at another studio and for the most part it's the same class because i don't want to recreate the wheel um it's two different studios so i'm not worried about crossover hey yes (laughs) rather the bridge than the wheel uh but uh, but yeah, like the the even the the class itself won't just mirror over. But definitely the playlist, like it's just like, well, this playlist isn't going to work for this studio. I can get away with these curse words here. I can't get away with those curse words there. Get it? Know your audience, kind of thing. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And uh, and so yeah, as much as we try to, it's still like it's like okay, well, I'm just gonna change this up and put these songs here, which totally just make me recreate the whole playlist, anyways. Oh gosh, yeah, <laughs> I remember, especially when I first started teaching night because. Um, I don't really mind like curse words, right? No, and it doesn't bother me, but I know that some people that is something important to them mm-hmm. that, you know, they would rather not practice in a class like that. So I, because of that, <laughs> I'd be like, okay, if you haven't taken my class before, I just want to let y'all know yeah. there's going to be F-bombs and they're going to talk about body parts. Right. <laughs> and if you're like, did he just say <clears throat> that? Yes, yes, he that did. Just, that just happened. <laughs> he yes. totally in a yoga just class, said that. It yeah. just happened. <laughs> you know, I take a I take a page out of Zach Halley's book. Uh, big shout out to Zach. Um, and, oh, and, and, I love Zach. Oh, I, I was thinking man. about yes. I was oh, like, I oh, I him. wish Zach was here because there was nothing like his level two vinyasa. Oh, fuck man, amazing. I mean, you 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 found acrobatic school, right? I found Zach Halley. Yeah, like I found <laughs> Zach and Timory. I, I found <laughs> yeah. out that they practiced before they taught on on I think on a Wednesday at, at HYI Kirkland. And they met at three o'clock in the afternoon before they taught at four thirty, and I would go to them and I learned so much stuff from them, like drills and skills and just all the things that I was doing wrong, throwing myself against the wall to try to fight handstands. Or like, why don't you pull a knee to the chest and then just kick up with one leg? It's a little easier yeah. that way. I'm like, oh, I've been doing this for six months, the hardest fucking way possible. Do you remember? Hold on. Do you yeah. remember your guys's when you guys were doing your posture series? Remember your creepy, creepy poster? poster. Yeah. <laughs> that was amazing. I'll actually I'll put that link in the show though, so you me can see how Jenny, creepy Zach me and, I. and Jenny tried to recreate that. Do you remember that? Yeah. <laughs> oh man the creepy zach smile was the best that was so was amazing like yes we're pulling this person in half how do you <laughs> feel about that <laughs> <laughs> sorry okay uh, i digress so oh, you no. had yeah so zach. Uh, so, so zach uh zach used to um what he told me is that he would uh he would know you know he knows he knows his playlist he knows his songs on there and he would know where the curse words are and make sure that he spoke enunciatingly over those curse oh, words. Oh, I definitely you know? have done that. Yeah, totally. And I, I take that page a lot. Like, I know where the F-bombs are. I know where the dirty words yeah. are. And I'll be like, and lift your left leg yeah. up. It's like, ah, nobody heard the F-word. Ha, ha, ha. I said lift when it said fuck. <laughs> I was playing a Life Jennings song uh-huh. uh, one time in class. Not one time. I played it quite a few times. And it's Cry. It's called, mm. uh, the song's called Cry. But he's like, uh, one of the lyrics is, um, I done had a venereal disease. Didn't even go to the doctor. Because... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I remember, 
I had to like on my thing, I would put the time of when the song said that and that it was like a five second thing. So I had to like, I would start turning it down a little bit and talk oh, more and then turn it back up because there still was a good minute left of the song. Yeah. But I didn't think anybody needed to think about because it was also <laughs> kind of a slow song. It wasn't a we're moving and he's talking about VD, right? right. Like <laughs> this was one of the cry, cry. <laughs> yeah. Taking your, what did you say? Crying's like taking your soul to the laundromat. Like, oh, yeah. Wow, I love that. Yeah, but then he goes on to talk about a venereal disease. Yeah, right, right. You got to cry about like, something, right? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you need to take something else to the laundromat. Oh, right. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. You know, it's, you know, it's because when we, I, I used to try to look for like clean versions of songs and shit like that. And it just takes it away from it, uh, you it know? Does, and it, yeah. But I mean, to your point too, like, I mean, we're so engulfed in the class for the most part. You're not going to hear that stuff. You barely even remember what songs are on. Yeah. You know, I get that people come up to me. It, it, so it's like I, I take from Maya Angelou with this. They'll never remember what you did. They remember how you made them feel. Yeah. Right. Yep. And so like so many times people will come up to me and ask me what like the last three or four songs are of the class because that's when we slow down. That's when there's meaning that like I'll put a lot of meaning in those last few songs. Not that there's not in the previous songs, but I know that's where the message can start to come in. Yeah. It's no more just rough and tough and we're moving and we're, you know, we're doing all this in, intense stuff. Now we're coming down and we're finding some peace. We're finding that final stretching. We're finding those no plastic moments in our brain. And so this is where I insert the message. This is where I, like you said. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, but very rarely will anybody come and be like, you know, that fifth song in when we were sweating our faces off, what was that one? It's like, no, what was that last song that you I was crying my face you off don't to? Hear that, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all those F bombs and all that stuff. What was that song? Like, yeah. No. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Um, and then uh okay, so yeah, and I, you know, so Actually, to uh, to to uh, come back to your point about the Baptiste um, series and with with students, that's one of the reasons why I love what we call the Hatha series, mm -hmm. it's the Bikram series in mm -hmm. Northwest. Um, I, I recommend that series so much to newer students because it, it gives it is exactly what you said. You're the same thing. You're doing the same movements. You have the same more or less time that you're holding it. Your body gets a chance to acclimate to the poses. You can acclimate to the heat. You can start to get out of your own head and get into your body, into your practice without having to be like, what the hell did that person just do? What did that, what is that? But now we're on one leg and two feet and what the hell just yeah. happened? You yeah. know, it's like, no, here's your structured flow. Yeah. Here's what to do. And even as a practitioner, a, an experienced practitioner now, uh, somebody like Katie Tavog, for example, who's mm -hmm. very structured Baptiste flow, like she'll do her Baptiste A and Baptiste B and all that stuff. Um, you know, for, for, you know, for a little while it was like, oh, that's just monotonous. But now I personally know my practice so well that a structured class like that gives me the freedom to play with my practice because I know that we're going to go from crescent lunge to warrior two, uh -huh. to reverse warrior to side angle to reverse warrior to chaturanga. Like we're going to do that a couple times, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And not just for Katie's class, just like a Baptiste style, right? And so I know that we're going to do that. That gives me the ability to work on handstands coming out of my flow, mm -hmm. right? Coming into from my reverse warrior all the way down into a chaturanga, kick up to a handstand, spend some time up there if I want to, because I know we're going to do that same sequence again. So instead of chaturanga, getting back I can stay hold my handstand come down into crescent lunge on the next side and then work on that yeah. right and just like I you know so knowing that knowing the the sequence and knowing where my abilities are to play within it lets me explore my practice more yeah and I love that too yeah give me that stability and because I think it was Zach one time 
this is going to keep talking about Zach for a while. Yeah. Um, he, uh, he taught <laughs> you know a, what? There's not anybody who would deserve <sighs> that more, actually. I love that, man. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I took a, a, a Hatha class from him one time, and we used to call it Holly Hatha uh, because he just taught whatever the hell he wanted to in Hatha. Ah! And, uh, and he, uh, he taught, I think it was seven handstands in the first 20 minutes of the Hatha practice. He gave options for seven variations of handstands. Yeah. And I'm like, where in the fuck did this come from? You know, but still staying within the Hatha practice, you know, just giving all those variations. And I'm like, knowing your practice so well to give the, the, the carte blanche to do whatever the F you want that is such a beautiful place to be in. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to get, str- I'm going to get strong with my personal practice and whatever that means. So I have the freedom to play wherever yeah. I'm at. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Love that. But yeah, there's a, there's definitely something for that structured practice, you know? So I'm not trying to discount one and, and, and you know, uh-huh. embellish another, you know, I personally, um, in my teaching style move more towards what you were talking about, authentic movements, um, you know, that, that freedom of like kind of animalistic type flow, um, weird transitions, just fun, just exciting kind of stuff mm-hmm. for me. You know, I love that. So whether you're structured, you're weird, just find your, find yeah. your journey. <laughs> just you know? find your you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Um, are you, uh, it, so coming out of COVID times, right. Um, you're starting to get back into hot room practices again. I think you're teaching at B1 next week or something like that. Yep. Um, yep. How are you feeling about coming back into a hot room as far as the practice goes and the teaching goes? Uh, I'm really excited. Of course, nerves, right? Yeah, like yeah. I just tend to be um, with teaching. I still get nervous because it is so important to me. Yeah. Like it means so much to me and I really do feel so grateful and then I feel like it's such an honor to be able to, when people show up for like my class, I'm like, just, I love it. Like, yeah. I can't believe somebody's going to come and let me guide them through their practice because it's such an honor for me. Right. Um, so I, I do get nervous about that. But once I start going, like the heat's not going to be, you know, a big deal. I've practiced a few times. I definitely... Um, wasn't practicing regularly during, yeah. during COVID. Um, but, uh, I love B1. I love the community there. So yeah. being there on, uh, I think the 24th is, it'll be my first class back there. Yeah. Um, subbing for Pittman though. So Ooh, yeah. <laughs> there's Brian definitely Pittman. a, yeah, there's definitely a, you know, a standard that you've got to hold there so I'm yeah, you like, gotta air guitar every once in a while yeah you know? exactly <laughs> <laughs> and then play what what is that song uh oh i can't remember he plays so many uh, crazy great. songs yeah i love how he sometimes he'll throw in his own songs in there too have you ever heard that no yeah he's a he's got a cd that he did a that's while back it. uh and then every once in a while he'll throw in a song and i'm <laughs> like there's amazing. no other gravelly voice like brian Pittman. Like you can hear the mohawk through the speakers, yeah, right? It's yeah. just, it's so good. And even it. the scent of uh, grilled cheese, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, because yeah. let's be real, like oh, the cheese so fit. Have you? Oh my god! Good. Yeah, remember oh, when I saw you? God. I came and saw you. You were working the uh-huh. truck that day. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I check came out the cheese pit you. if you have it. It's so good. Yeah, Brian Pittman, the cheese pit. I mean, he's 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 great. He's I've doing tried it to. All. I've tried to get Brian on the show, but he gets a little mic nervous. So, uh, so I'm going to try and get Jamie on instead. Yeah. What does he say? I'll be out slanging cheese sandwiches. Exactly. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> um, yeah. So that'll be good. And then, um, 
Jenny, Tracy, and I, you mm-hmm. know, like I said, I love to create these moments and um, we're teaching, um, well, we're doing s'mores and shavasana is our next great. event. Yeah. Yeah. And so I love being, I love outdoor yoga. There's again, connecting with, you know, the environment, mm-hmm. um, is special to me. I think it's a, just a really special way, um, to practice. Yeah. And so we'll be down at Makoteo Lighthouse Beach. Cool. And that is like we do half vinyasa and then half yin, and then we have a s'mores bar. That's fantastic. Yeah. So like that. all you gotta bring is your mat, your water, yeah. and your good energy. Um, or you know, even if your energy's not good, bring yourself, yep. and we will make it good. Um, but we have such a good time. We've got a fire pit down there. We mm. grab one of the fire pits, and then we have all the supplies and everything. Um, so that's, um, something that I look really forward to. And yeah. then, and you guys do a lot of those outdoor events. We totally know, especially do. Especially in that Muckleteo area. Yeah. Really we cool. are, um, what did we say? The Beavis and Butthead of yoga. <laughs> <laughs> it's so perfect. Oh my God. I love that so much. Yeah. It's true because uh, we are silly. You're going to get you a good are. practice. You guys are. Um, but we want to make it enjoyable. You're going to have the fun. most fun doing it. Yeah. Cause like to me, like bringing community together is part of that. Yeah. And so getting people outside, you know, doing something good for yourself, yoga, Mm -hmm. you know, and then connecting afterwards, like fire pit s'mores. Uh, the last time we did it, it was, uh, you know, we all sat there around the fire pit and connected and people, forage other relationships somebody was doing a stand-up paddleboard class so one of the people went to that you know like Mm -hmm. it's like that's um fostering the community and the Mm -hmm. connections there and i think that's like the underlying underlying thing with all of yoga is that we're just finding a place like yoga is very individualistic practice Mm -hmm. right it's you it's your body it's your practice your breath but the community that supports you in that and that's what i think i missed the most when i was in in covid times right that's why i couldn't i I can't say I didn't have a personal practice. I, I rediscovered in a very different way my personal practice. Um, and it, it was more focused on my teaching. Like, how do I become a better teacher? Mm. Uh, when I was able to, before COVID, um, I, uh, my voice is very monotone in, at times. And when, uh, when I'm teaching at places like B1, where you have the big, the big heaters that sound like jet engines come on and you have the music, my voice gets lost a lot. So my, my dictation and my, my cueing uh, became very succinct and very short to the point uh, because I, I didn't, my voice would get lost, right? So I just, no flowery stuff, just lift leg, step through, warrior one, mm-hmm. stuff like that. When I put a microphone in my face, I re- quickly realized uh, to the amusement of a lot of students that everybody can hear everything I'm saying now. So all those little like one-off jokes that I used to just like say <laughs> yes. by one or two people and be like, blah, 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 blah. Now everybody heard and I'm like, oh shit. Okay. One, watch my mouth. Two, um, cool. Now I have another modality of teaching I can do. I can yeah. actually become flowery and, and more descriptive with my cueing and things like that. And so, you know, listening to authentic movements and listening to people like Patrick Beach and... Um, Oh, Kat Meffin. I love Kat Meffin also. There, she's an online yoga instructor. And so diving into a lot of these online yoga instructors to see how they were, you know, reciting their dialogue and what they were talking about, that was that was my personal practice, mm. you know. So, uh, so, but with COVID too, the thing that I realized was how much I needed that community and I didn't know it because I've always, I've, I've considered myself an introvert. And I think for the most part I am, if I'm going to put a label on myself, I think I, I do like my, my personal time. Mm-hmm. But 
I think part of that was because all of my business work was extroverted work. Like I worked in restaurants for 20 plus years, was running corporate trainings, was building teams. Um, outside of that, I was working as a yoga instructor. I was doing all these community-based things, yeah. putting out all this energy, expending all this 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 love and knowledge. And and but by the time I got home, I was like, I need, just need to shut down. I'm gonna watch TV oh and just gosh, just yeah. you know, like just just reset. But with COVID, all I was doing was resetting, you know, so it made me understand how much I'm not an introvert. I need community and I love and adore and appreciate the wisdom and knowledge and love of others. And, uh, and so that was a big kind of beautiful awakening that I had, you know, and so that community is so important, mm-hmm. whether we realize it or not, you know, uh, it's, it's very nourishing, you know, to be around positive people, yeah. and people that are, that are doing something to better themselves in some kind of way Mm -hmm. it rubs off you know yeah and just the energy exchange too like uh that i think that was the thing that i didn't realize like you know like practicing regularly or or whatever like you go and it's just part like you go to different studios or or not you know Mm -hmm. you have one like set home studio um and you don't realize how much the community impacts like your desire to go Mm. or um the energy there other than your own right yeah i don't know if that makes sense i don't know that i'm saying that right no i I, no, it does it does definitely you know and each community is different you know like teaching at two different studios right now that are only 20 minutes away from each other you know b1 and bliss they're vastly different communities Mm -hmm. and not one better than the other you know but they just they they embrace the the community becomes what it needs to become. Yep, exactly. Right with V one, it's it's very stoic in the room. You're you're in there. You're on your mat. You're quiet. You know, in at Bliss, you're in there. You're on your mat. You're fucking having a party. You're taking phone calls sometimes. I'm right? pretty sure there's twerking going on. There sometimes. is definitely twerking. There's not. Yeah, those footprints on the wall oh, wait, aren't from inversion. That might, that might have been us, Adam. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think there was twerking before one of our classes. Before, yep, totally. Uh, but you know, it's it's it, it it the community evolves to be what it needs to be, you know, and that's it's so beautiful to be a part of those communities and to see new people come in and be embraced in those communities in ways that they probably never thought they would be. You know, like I'm I'm this type of person, I'll never be accepted by that type of person. And mm-hmm. then here you go, you're in this community, and it's like there's no type of people here. Yeah. There's just love. Yes. There's just acceptance. Yeah. You know, like here's some things we're gonna cry together sometimes. You can't tell mm-hmm. if it's crying or sweating. We're all hot. We're I mean, all, you know. there's nothing better than crying. Like when you get hit so hard mm. in like a shavasana that it just brings you to tears. That's yeah. like a beautiful moment. Yep, definitely. That was, uh, and I, you know, not to, you know, put an expectation into you, but the the first class that I came back and I taught in a hot room after all this was was going on, I was very emotional. Yeah. Like from the moment, like people, like I started talking to people through their breath and started talking to them through their intentions. It's like, oh my God, we get to do this again. Yeah. I get to feel all of the breath. I get to feel all of your intentions. Yeah. I get to see your fucking eyes again. Like I can feel your energies. This is so great. Like all I wanted to do was go around and push on people's backsides and, and child's pose. <laughs> see, that's you know, it's like, like I, we can't, right? No, like... no, no, totally. I, uh, I accidentally have caught people a few times in uh, in inversions. Like we have those inversion breaks yeah. in our classes, and uh, and I was walking by Kelly Coriel the other day, 
and uh and i was just like fuck it i don't care she was she was going over and i just grabbed her grabbed yeah. her leg and i'm like got you I'm yeah like i'm gonna wash my hands later but i got you right now <laughs> like shit about yourself don't touch anybody else but i got you <laughs> that's so funny. it's it's I so hard that. like that's that's a part of my practice uh teaching practice i can't wait to get back is that the, yes. the being able to assist people yeah you know we've uh we've taught a couple workshops um uh, since we got back and I've went through like so many plastic gloves or rubber gloves. Cause I, that was oh, my, yeah. that was my way of, of assisting people was like, okay, you're working on this. I'm going to put these gloves on, come over there, work on you for a minute and then yeah. take these gloves off, throw them away, go over to you, work on you for a minute with new gloves on, you know? So we're finding our ways to do it, but mm-hmm. it's not, it's not the most eco-friendly. We're doing single use shit for a lot of this mm-hmm. stuff now that we were kind of getting better about. Um, but it's, uh, you know, it's finding our ways to just help people. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's I I never even thought about. That's amazing. Like, I had a yeah with the gloves. Yeah, I had a uh, student come in one time um, before that all happened <clears throat> that had one of those uh, those carnival grabby arms that you win at like the ball toss, you know, yes. this little like pincher arm at the end. And she comes in and she hands it to me. She's like, "Can you adjust me with this?" Like yes, I can. So That's in that class, I, uh, I I just used it one time, and yeah. she was like crescent lunge, and I went over to her back heel and I pushed it up. So I'm like, <laughs> push your left hip forward. That's why this heel is high. <laughs> Oh my great, gosh, you know? that's so funny. Yeah. One of my uh, students uh, that was coming to my outdoor classes, mm-hmm. um, she had said, after I went to Authentic Movements, they did a whole thing on assisting. Like we... Mm like went through and actually did partner exercises where we're assisting, you know? Um, and one of the assists was a Shavasana assist. So Mm. it was like literally head to toe Shavasana. And I never thought that I was like, would enjoy like assisting or anything like that. And I was like, loved it so much when I had it done to me. I'm like, I just want to make like, let people experience this as well. And so you know, once I started, came back from my training and started, um, doing like, you know, assist towards, usually towards the end of the class, I'd pick just, you know, be like, okay, I'm going to mentally not pick a student, but be like, I'm going to do like two or three people, you know, mm-hmm. a system, an aspect of this end of, you know, the class Shavasana assist. And, uh, we were talking about how we miss doing assists, um, at one of these recent classes and she was like, Oh my gosh, I remember just waiting. Like if I just sit here, Brett will come and put her hands uh-huh. on me. <laughs> <laughs> but like, uh-huh. right. The feeling of touch. Yep. Like I remember willing Tang to come over and give me a neck massage yeah. in the other class. And he would always would too. I'm like, Oh yes. Just amazing. Time. And it feels different. Oh, like then if I were to come to you and you know, like massage your neck now, like, you are receptive mm-hmm. to these energies and not vulnerable, but more open, you know, I guess maybe, I don't know. Yeah. I just vulnerable sounds like I'm going to come in and I'm going <laughs> to assist you and you're going to like it. You know, it's just like they are open and I think receptive to like yeah. the energies that come along with that touch. Definitely. And for a, um, <clears throat> a male myself, uh, when I first started doing yoga, I was still very male centric, you mm-hmm. know, aggro male energy, mm-hmm. uh, don't, don't like to talk about my feelings, don't want to be touched by another guy, you mm-hmm. know, just like, it's just weird. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but that was one of those things that, that gave me the, 
the freedom to feel and to be okay with feeling good with another male touching me. Right. And and not, and I'm not saying that that's my mentality now, but you know, we got to break through our own social constructs. And I'm, yeah. I grew up in the South in yeah. a very racially charged area in a very sexually charged area, you know, uh, and I've talked about this on a previous podcast, but you know, where intuition was thought of as witchery, you know, don't trust your intuition, but they were, but the, the, the counter to that was trust your gut. Guys are always told, trust your gut, trust your yeah. gut, trust your gut. But, you know, if you have visions, it's like, that's witchery shit. That's woman right. stuff, you know? So for me to, uh, you know, to be mentally and physically exhausted, a very vulnerable state in my, my existence at the end of a yoga class uh, with a male-charged ego, to have a, uh, and I think, I, I want to say it was Tang was the first uh, male instructor that I remember giving me any kind of physical adjustments, but especially the end of class massage kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and to feel not only the love of another male, but to feel the embrace, to be okay with it, to be willing and open to it, that changed, that literally changed my life, you know, and now to be able to do that to other, well, not now, cause we're, we're not supposed to touch people, but, but to be able to, to, to do that to other males, you know, mm-hmm. and to, to offer mm-hmm. that, that sensitive, loving male to male touch, that brother to brother, that just human to human, um, I, you know, I can see a lot of the dissolving of that mentality through like the furrowedness of a brow as soon as the touch happens mm. and you see the melting of just like a human to human touch. doesn't matter who it is. Mm-hmm. Imagine sex. doesn't matter. You know, the intention's pure. You yeah. know, there's nothing behind it, but just love. Yeah. You know? And that's that just, amazing. It changed, my, it, it changed my life, you know, and I love, love that, you know. Yeah. And how lucky are we like the, just the changing landscape now, you know, like. Uh, I just feel blessed to be in the space of all of this happening. Yeah. You know, uh, we've seen some pretty, uh, we've got a long ways to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but to be, um, be here for those moments and to be able to share however you feel about it. Right. You know, I think is pretty powerful and amazing. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. It's, it's, you know, it, it's, I can speak from self-experience, but sometimes I struggle to find my my place. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in a in a movement, in a revolution, in a in a change. Uh, hell, and just helping. Like mm-hmm. I've 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 I can I can draw back for to a, to a very young age my desire to want to be of service. Um, but I can also remember struggling with myself to like I'm not a military person. Um, I, I I hey love and respect to all those people that want to fight for our country. Go at it. I love the hell out of you. It's just not me as a person. I'm just not that just doesn't sit with me. Same with police, right? And I, I again love and respect the police that do their job honorably, but right, it just wasn't for me. So I've always had this thing of wanting to be of service of some way, and I never thought that being a yoga teacher would would fulfill that. And you know, but that was the gateway to be of service. You know, I'm I'm, I'm now of service to to people that want to better themselves in whatever def- definition they wanted to find that as. But now that yoga path has given me the ability to uh, get out of my corporate restaurant jobs, move into Reiki doing sound, and now be of service to a whole nother realm of people mm. in another way that's more intimate and more beautiful and more touching um, than uh, than anything I could have ever imagined. Yeah. You know, so it's like, you know, I can I can definitely feel that need to be of service that, that started at a very young age. And thankfully, I, it never went away. Yeah. You know, it, it might have gotten diminished for a while and got pushed down by some other things that have happened in life, but it was still there and it was still waiting to come out. And, and, and things like yoga helped me draw that out. That's amazing. Well, yeah. and we're all better for, for oh, having you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, I love this is 
it's it's just an amazing path you mm-hmm. know and it's 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 you know it's nothing i would have ever thought that um i would be a part of at this at this stage of my life right and um <laughs> but it's it's something i could never go back on you know it's like it's once you start to scratch away that that little foil and you see that little that little pin pin prick of light come through mm, it's like you can't cover mm-hmm. that back up you just got to keep scratching at it because that light's going to get brighter and brighter yeah and then it becomes blinding you're like oh shit there's all this and this entire time has been back there yeah <sighs> The cool. unknown of that. Yeah, I, um, before, obviously, I started teaching yoga, I've always, and <clears throat> obviously very common with people is a fear of public speaking. Mm, okay. And so coming into this with the teaching, that was a big thing, like, you know, the shaky voice, and what's that going to be? Like, that was a fear that I had, yeah. like, um, and then being like, when you go to do it, like, it all falls away. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe you have a shaky voice for you know, the first couple of words that you say, right? but then it like gets better and then it continues to get better, get better, get better, you know? Um, and, and if it doesn't, that's okay. Because really, uh, we were talking about this earlier, like nobody remembers, you know, like you forgot something. They're not going to be upset with you. You're like giving them this class, you're sharing energy, Mm -hmm. something positive for their body, for their mind, for their spirit. Like, you know, nobody's going to be like that class was so amazing except for her voice cracked at the beginning you know or oh adam forgot to do this whole other side i'm never coming to that's not going to happen right like because part of it is acceptance and giving grace as well not just for yourself but for others you know yeah totally so i can't tell you how many times uh i'm just last time i talk about zach i promise uh but uh i can tell you how many times i was in a like one of zach's class and uh you know zach is just very intricate flows they're very just abstract and weird and just you know kind of crazy and he just he was a guy that just thought of like he would never have a plan in class he would just go in there and be like well let's do this like just flabbergasting but i can't tell you how many times he would come up to me after like this intense right side of something and then he'd come up and be like we're in downward dog still maybe a little bit longer than we should you're like what's going on and then he'd come over and be like Hey, what, what did we do? Yeah, what did we start with? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like Scott Dawson. All right, cool. Scott Dawson. All right, left leg forward, let's, uh, drop back, Scott Dawson. Okay, then we go from there. And then it's all going. I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. Or you have a student that starts to demo. Like they know, they, yeah. can, they can sense you're in the weeds. Yeah. And so then they put their leg up, you know, oh, three-legged That's dog. Right, three and then you watch dog. them yeah. crescent <laughs> lunge. Yeah. crescent lunch <laughs> yep uh-huh i had a i had a student one time tell me she's like uh, she's like i i get nervous when you come do yoga by me because it makes me feel like i'm doing something wrong and that you're you're coming by me to show me how to do it right and i'm like okay let me think about that for a minute i'm like why would i go by this person you know people in general and i thought about it i'm like oh no the, the real the realization that i have is i want to be around people i feel comfortable around and when I'm holding space for 40 people or so, and I've got to remember my class, and I've got all this intricate stuff I'm working on, sometimes it's just nice to be around good energy. Mm-hmm. So I go plant myself by somebody I know and love, and I will do some classes by that person. Yeah. You know, and it, it made me think about it, too, because I'm like, why do I do that? Yeah. But it's like, no, nah, it's not, you know, and there might be some modicums of truth to that. And be like, okay, you're doing this, and, you know, in COVID times where I can't touch people, it's like, yeah, okay, yeah. your crescent lunge, your knee is moving too far to the right. I'm going to come over by you and show it where it should be, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
for the most part, no. I just want to be around people I love, mm-hmm. you know, because we do have those nerves. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like you were talking earlier, I think those nerves are there because we give a shit. Yeah. Like if we just walked in and was like brushing, you know, off our shoulders, like get a, throw it out of vinyasa class, NBD. And it's like, no, nah, man, yeah. you're not there for the right reasons. You're not showing up. You're not present. You're not, you're not there for the students. You're there for your ego. Yeah. You know, so when we're nervous, it's because we're care we care about the product and the the experience that we're giving to those people mm-hmm. you know and so embrace those nerves right yeah and so like finding your way to work through them breathing through it finding a homie to practice next to <laughs> i mean geez i talked about this a while back but like my very first vinyasa class that i taught um i called zach timory and like a handful of people that were um uh and were very pivotal in my growth mm-hmm. and I begged them to show up to my very first vinyasa class so I could be by them yeah. and I could teach from them because I knew that like you said they would help guide me if I yeah. forgot something Zach would lift his right leg and I'm <laughs> yeah. like that's right three-legged dog all right step through crescent lunch like we're good we're on back on track <laughs> that's so funny. well you know I have started uh I've been doing a lot of like you know meditating manifestation type stuff mm. and recognizing like you know, when you're manifesting, part of that, I mean, really what it's centered around is like amplifying those emotions, like like visualizing something, um, a feeling or an actual thing, you know, whatever it is that you want to manifest, mm. like visualizing what that looks like, you in that moment, feeling that emotion, like if you're there, like that feeling of joy, of happiness, love, whatever it is, yeah. and just amplifying it, like hitting that home because then you're kind of sending out this beacon, right? For the universe to bring that energy back to you, mm, right? Like yeah. like that setting that vibration, that frequency, putting up that beacon so that it comes back and, and knowing that those emotions well up like that, they kind of feel similar nerve nerves and like ex- extreme, like joy or happiness. It's like those butterflies. Those, uh-huh. So like, I've been lately, if I feel nervous or unsure about something and I get those feelings, I try to reframe it so that it's an excitement. I'm looking Mm. at it like I'm excited about, I'm so excited about teaching my first class in a long time. Like, what does that look like? So then visualizing what that looks like, you know, people um, feeling happy, you know, that energy that will go along with a good class and um, love like acceptance support like mm-hmm. what does that look like yep to kind of reframing that that's and that's i mean that's that's our ability to work within our system like we can only experience the world through our nervous system mm-hmm. right and so we have our eyes our ears our touch our smell our sight and all that stuff right but those can those bring in the information that gets processed by our consciousness and if our consciousness is in an erratic state or in a fight or flight state, then that in, that input, sensory input is going to be transmissioned into the very, like, into that state that we're in, right? So if we can take that input in, in a very clean, clear way, and that's subjective to the person, and but try to take your neutral consciousness into it instead of that groove and that story that we've created and let our, our sensory come into that groove and then be processed by the groove of that consciousness, take that out of it and just get that clarity of the consciousness, then we can reframe it into whatever we want. Mm-hmm. Nervousness doesn't need to be nervousness unless we label it nervousness. Yeah. Nervousness could be excitement, right? And that's exactly, I love that. You know, we reframe, like we were talking about busyness earlier. You're like, how are you doing? I'm like, I'm fucking busy but in a great way. Yeah. Like I've got to re redefine busy in my head because in my corporate world, busy was like, shit, I don't have time to eat. 
I don't have time to sleep. Like I'm going from job to job to job <coughs> and just barely even getting the fuel I need to sustain a human, just a human nature, let alone the the output that I'm, that I'm putting myself through. Mm-hmm. But now it's like, no, I'm busy, but doing all the things that are beautiful to me, mm-hmm. all the things I've been manifesting, all the things that I've been trying to call in the Reiki, the sound, the podcast, right? These beautiful interviews with great people, right? All this stuff that I've been working towards. Goddamn right, I'm gonna embrace it when it gets here because I'm been asking for it, right? Yeah. So that busy to me is no longer like fuck. I'm busy. It's like man, I'm busy. This is great, you know. Yeah. Man, love it. And could you be so blessed, right, to like live in and operate from a place of like abundance? Yes. And um, fulfillment. Mm-hmm. Like I am so fulfilled, and the all of the things and passions that you have and want are just showing up abundantly for you. Like yep. that is. To me, just that's what it's about. Right. And like, you know, having lived a scarcity mentality for a very long time and being able to consciously look at that and see the difference between scarcity and abundance. And it's it's night and day for me. You know, I know that scarcity is is a mentality that doesn't work for me. If I have it, I'm going to give it away because Mm -hmm. I know it's going to come back to me. Yeah. (coughs) There's a there's a story I heard. um, There's a guy that went to. uh, he was in a, a rising billions uh, nation. Um, gosh, I can't remember where it was. It might have been like, oh gosh, Istanbul or something. All right. So you know, still you know, figuring things out. Their mm-hmm. their economy is getting better. Mm-hmm. Quality of life's getting better. Right. But they're still struggling. You know what we consider struggling in the West. Right. And uh, this reporter went over there to do a story of some sort and got linked up with the family. And went to, um, you know, went to stay with this family and this family was supposed to just show him around, you know, give him some advice around town. And this family was, uh, was, was impoverished. You know, they had a, they had a home, but, um, you know, very little dwellings, very little food, any of that stuff. But they invited this reporter in and offered to feed him. Right. And this guy was like, well, I'm in a foreign country. These people are taking care of me. Don't want to be rude. So yeah, most definitely. Mm-hmm. Well, and so they, they made him this beautiful dinner and a great time. He found out later that that family um, that fed him like a king had no money, had didn't even have the food to feed him that day, went and scrounged around the city to find food to feed him, right? And this person, that this family, lived from a place of abundance, not a place of scarcity. Mm-hmm. They didn't be like, oh, we don't have enough. We're not going to let this person in or we're going to give like just this portion. They went around to the entire town and got food so they could give this person food and cook meal for this person and draw from that abundance of the village and not the scarcity of the individual Mm. and that is such a beautiful just like metaphor for life of like when you want it when you need it when you know it's there it's always going to be there Mm -hmm. right you can give it away as much as you want but it's always going to come back because of that place of abundance that you're coming from Mm -hmm. you know it's going to be okay and that's not something that can be like I mean, that's, that's a cultural thing, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's, that's ingrained from the day you're born, the yeah. day you're conceived is like, you're going to, you're going to embrace life as life comes to you and you're going to give life as life gives to you. Mm-hmm. That's man. It's taken me 41 years to even grasp that concept. Yeah. Well, I'm 47. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's just, you know, it's, it's there, it's there waiting for us. Yeah, you know, and and you know, with like the Buddhist concept we talked about earlier, you know, you got to embrace the sorrow to understand that there's good. Mm-hmm. You know, so you know, whatever your belief system is, you know, know that there's there's a challenge that comes with the success. You know, and that makes the whatever you consider success sweeter, mm-hmm. and makes it more appreciative the 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 journey you've had to get to find that modicum of success. 
you know, because as we know now in the human psyche, it's more about the journey towards the thing than the actual achieving of the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, uh, how many times have you been working towards something? Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, just going through the grind of, you know, getting to where, wherever you set your goal for, whatever it is. And you get there and it feels great. But then part of the joy was in actually doing all the things like there's kind of a nostalgia mm-hmm. of that path and everything that you put into getting whatever it was that you're working towards. Totally. Yeah. All the lessons learned, all the knowledge applied, all that mm-hmm. fun stuff, you know? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. What was your dad saying? Oh, yeah. my uh, my. I think my dad, I was trying to say, I'm pretty sure it was my dad that used to tell me this, but uh, life is a series of lessons learned and knowledge applied. Yeah. And I love, you know, it's very analytical breakdown of, of life, you know, but if you can learn a lesson from the experience that you've had and then apply it towards that next thing in life, then it's going to make things a little bit smoother Mm -hmm. or at least a little more prepared as you go through that next thing, you know, so try to take those little modicums of advice as we find them and just seeing how they land with us. Mm -hmm. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful stuff. Man. Ah, well, Brett Parker, goddamn. I can feel like I could talk to you for hours, mm. but I think we need to wrap it up here. Yes. Do uh, you have any final thoughts, any uh, any parting wisdom that you'd like to impart on the the JMY crew before we, we uh, sign off here? Mm. Well, first of all, I just want to thank you for inviting me to do this. I felt yeah. honored. Thank you. And it was amazing to, you know, see and talk to you. Yes. Um, yeah, and just, you know, I think... The thing I would say to everybody now, just because we are coming out of such a difficult time, is just remember to be graceful. So, like, be graceful to yourself. Mm-hmm. Give, your, give yourself grace. But then also um, extend grace to others, too. And try to think about um, whatever they're going through. I've been... Um, that's been on my heart a lot lately. Right. A, a lot of times, like, you know, somebody will do something and, oh, gosh, what did I watch? It was uh, The Me You Can't See. And mm. so you don't know. It's a documentary with Oprah Winfrey and okay. Prince Harry, I think, produced it. Um, oh, interesting. But, yeah, it's like a six-series thing, six-series, uh, six-episode series. It's it's great. But, like, looking at people and, like, if somebody does something that frustrates you or whatever – Instead of being like, you know, um, who do they think they are? You know, like, who is this person? Just kind of looking at them with some compassion and grace and being like, what happened to you? Right. Like, what, what road did you travel? What have you been through? What happened to you to get you to this point where you're acting this way? Because I think if you can think of it in that way, which I've actually had the opportunity to practice lately Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> with some people is like, what happened to you to get you to this point? And it's been able to allow me to give, you know, people grace. Right. So I think just kind of, that's, you know. uh, that's such a beautiful thing to remember. You know, there's a, um, it's funny. There's a, a book, um, we were talking about it earlier. This guy, Charles Eisenstein wrote, it's called the more beautiful world our hearts know is possible. <clears throat> in the book, he cites his um, studies that started in the sixties. I think there were the Milgram studies where they started to study um, the reasons why people did what they did, you know, cause there's that whole mentality of like, let's just take Nazis, for example. If I was around, if I was in Nazi Germany during that time, there's no way I would, I would be for that, right? There's no way I'd get caught up in that. I'd be part of the Third Reich. I'd be part of Auschwitz, of any of that stuff, right? 
and so that was the mentality of the the idea of what they wanted to start to look at and what they figured what they found out was that it's a lot harder than you think to say no mm-hmm. and it's a lot easier to just go with what people are doing and so there's a lot of circumstances that go into the reasons people do what they do the choices that they've made the uh, the experience in life that they have the limitations the extravagances whatever it is and until you factor in all of those things, you can't really know why the decision was made. So the purpose of that study was to get, get all those factors into it. And what they found was the human psyche is very manipulative and mm. it's very able to be manip- manipulated <clears throat> into doing what the, the masses are doing. Yeah. What and did one, we say? That scaffolding. Yep. That exactly. Scaffolding, the scaffolding experiences. Yep. And so, you know, it, it's it's easy to, to stand with our personal experiences to maybe even not intentionally, but uh, but empirically judge somebody for doing what they've done. But that, I mean, if you if you're one that wants scientific knowledge and wants scientific proof, check out the Milgram studies. Check out there's a, there's another one Stanford did where they uh, they took an equal amount of students and made half those students um, prisoners and half those students prison guards. Same class, same experience of people. Uh, some, you know, uh, mixed races on both sides, right? And the people that became the prison guards tortured the prisoners that they were sitting next to the day before. It was, it's a crazy study. And I can't wow. remember the name of the exact study, but there was a movie made about it too. I can't remember. Um, oh God, what's his name? I can't remember his name, but yeah, there was a movie made about it. I'll, I'll try to leave it in the show mm-hmm. notes, but mm-hmm. the human psyche, like there's a lot going on there that, that we take for granted that we think that we're all, we're, I would never do that. I would never mm-hmm. do this. It's like, okay, well let's, learn about the things and then we can make a better understanding as to why people made these decisions that they made. Well, you and know? yeah. And then just have that, have, have that understanding and be able to ask yourself, like maybe it's not something that was necessarily in their control, right? Their environment, exactly. growing up, their background, right. um, that kind of influenced those actions. Mm-hmm. Like there's a, there's a study out that they found out that if you are worried about, um, let's say like stress, right? If stress in your life, like if you don't know where your next paycheck's coming from, if you don't know where your next meal is coming and that is a constant state of living that you live in, your IQ drops 13 points, Whoa! which is basically inebriation. Wow. So you're operating from a point of inebriation at all times because of the stress levels that you have, because you don't know where your basic securities are coming from. Mm -hmm. So when you, and again, like, you know, this is up to the individual, but when you start to cast judgment on somebody for what you think they've done wrong or you feel they should have done right, take a look at why and the circumstances around it. Because if somebody's malnourished, their brain's not acting function. Mm-hmm. They're not, it's not functioning properly. If somebody is, is worried about, so stressed about where their next paycheck's coming from so they can feed their family, they're operating from a point of inebriation, mm-hmm. right? And if you, have to, if you have to go from morning to night, bouncing from job to job, picking up kids, dropping off kids, doing all this stuff, and you're operating from a, a, from a non-intentional inebriated point of view, it's fucking hard. Yeah. It's fucking hard. Yeah. So just give it perspective. Give them some grace. Well, I thank you for doing this podcast. Like so many good people, amazing people that you've had on, and I'm sure future guests too. Definitely. Your son. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to rope him in. Hell yeah. (laughs) More to come on that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Brett. I look forward to chatting with you again and taking many a class from you. Thank you, Adam. Love you, love. You as well. Love you too. All right. Thank you so much for spending time with Brett and I. Uh, please share the conversation if it's something that you feel somebody will get something out of. And, uh, and please like the show if you are appreciating what we do here. 
Uh, keep the community growing. Appreciate it. Basins and love to you all. And see you next time.